1: For Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange, they defeat Clemson 27-24. to The
0: penetration, step back, oh. a pressure bucket for Tyus
2: Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation 315 437 7644. Just one guest lined up for it today. We'll hear from Jeff Jones, sports anchor at our next star station down in Raleigh, North Carolina, as we get you set for Syracuse NC State tomorrow night inside the Cary Dome. Seven o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. First primetime Saturday night home game for the Orange. Since all the way back in 2010, we'll talk plenty of SU football on the show. We will get to our pick segment as things move along. But we begin with some SU basketball. And we got our first taste of what this year's team will kind of sort of look like. No point guards on the floor. Jalen Carey, Frank Howard, Howard Washington, all still out. More on them uh, coming up here in a moment. So Tyus Battle forced to play point guard. I joked with you, Seth, uh, when the game started. I said I, you know, ties might have played forty minutes. I'm not sure who they're going to have run of the point. He almost did. He played thirty did. four he played 34 minutes.
0: Um, he played. He played the first twenty eight minutes. I lost track of it after that. But I know that up until the under twelve timeout of the second half, he had not sat out. Which you know what? If nothing else is on brand,
2: if nothing else. Just playing a lot of minutes? Yeah. Playing, playing all the minutes. time. Picking up right where he left off last year. So battle, uh 34 minutes of action. uh Only had one field goal, a, a driving layup uh late in the game. Did not have a field goal in the first half. Finished with seven points. uh, Added uh, six assists in the victory. The, the story, though, for me, and I, I know we can't take a, a lot away from an exhibition game for a lot of reasons. Obviously, SU's way better. You know, St. Rose is a D2 school. They, we talked about the... The size differential. St. Rose's tallest players, essentially, you know, the same height as is SU's shortest starter, um, and and everybody's playing out of position. So I get we can't take too much from that game. But one of the big takeaways I had is that Buddy Bayham's going to play this year. I, I don't know how much, and and once you get an ACC play, you know, I know the rotation shrinks, and it, it might be a situational thing. The kid belongs on the floor though, and. I'll be honest with you. Coming in, I didn't exactly know what to expect, and I know it's just a preseason game. The kid's going to get some run this year, though. He, when, he, when he can yeah. share it like that, you're, you're too valuable. There's going to be spots where they're going to need a spark, and they're going to see if he can provide it.
0: I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm going to say, and, and I I don't mean this necessarily about him, I mean this more so as a, hey, it's an exhibition game against a D2 school. Pump, I, I, just, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. I, I don't know how much he's going to play, to your point, but yeah, if you can shoot, there's a role for you on a basketball team. If you can shoot the three the way that he can, there's a role for you. How big is that role? I have no idea. Uh, how how long and how much run is he going to get in certain games, especially, as you say, once he gets into ACC play? I don't know. But at some point, you're going to need a three-pointer or two to win a game. And, and if he's able to give it to you, I, I think that's um, – I think that's something that you take on that team and and you run with it and you use that as a weapon and you and you use that uh, you know in your positive category. Maybe you just want to get more shooters on the floor at some point. You want to go small. You want to get more shooters out there. And he's one of those guys. But uh, you know, based off of last night, and again, it's against D two competition. And I, and I don't know, you know, how how big how, how much that matters. But yeah, he can at least shoot the ball. You you know he can do that, and that's going to be a weapon.
2: In order to get on the floor. You got to be able to do two things if you're Buddy Behan. You got to be able to to make threes, and you have to be able to hold your own on the other end. Can I sh- throw one more out there? Sure. Uh, don't be afraid to pull the trigger when you've got the shot. All right, that goes hand in hand with the first one, though. right? But yeah, right. But it, if but you're how, out there, you got to shoot. But it. how important is
0: that? Yeah. Because what we saw, whether it was last year or the year before, you put people out there who are you know maybe supposed to be on the floor to shoot or aren't supposed to be on the floor to shoot, but they get a wide open look and they don't take the shot. So I think that if if you are a guy who is a shooter and and you're put into the game, you've got to be
2: unafraid to take that shot. That's fair. So, okay, yeah, you got to be able to pull the trigger. Um, and again, in a big spot, we haven't seen that yet because St. Rose is in exactly. a big spot. But but the other two, I think we saw last night. Is he capable of shooting the ball? Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. And we knew that going in. I think the part that I wasn't hundred percent sure about, and I wanted to, to see it. And you're right, you know, everything we say today. Well, it's just a D two school, but can he hold his own on the other end? I'll be honest with you, like his his size. He looks like he used the year off. Now I covered him a lot when he was at JD. The year off, it wasn't a year off. He was obviously playing at New Hampton Prep, but the year away from Syracuse did him a lot of good. He his body is matured. He is bigger, stronger. He he looks like he's gonna be able to hold his own out there. And and that's that's what he has to do. He has to be able to, you know, man the top of the zone and get out on shooters and he, he's long and he's athletic and he can shoot the three. And that's a recipe for getting playing time in Jim Bahim's system. It certainly is. So, I, you know, he played 28 minutes last night, and when Frank Howard comes back and you got those two guys, even in big ga- th- this is my point, is that I think even in big games there is going to be a spot for him to come in and see if he can provide a spark. Maybe it's six minutes against North Carolina or eight minutes against Duke.
0: And that's, and that, and and Duke. that's what say- I had been saying. there, There's a spot for him if you want to go sp- small and need more offense, if you want to go small and need more shooting, and all of a sudden it's O'Shea Brissett, Elijah Hughes, Tyus, Frank, and him.
2: Right, but you know, Tyus has to come out of the game at some point. So maybe I'm saying if, if you're going all out offense, that's right. your five. That's probably
0: fine. or, or Jalen Carey thrown yeah. in there. They, like there there are a couple smaller all out offense lineups that you can throw out there, and and he's probably in the mix for
2: it. And I'm excited to see Jalen Carey as well, and and I know that that he's a, a dynamic guard and he brings a lot to the table. I guess my my point is, um, and I don't think this is overreacting, reacting. I think Buddy Bayheim's going to play. And when he first committed here, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought to myself, you know, maybe he's going to redshirt his first year. And, you know, Jim Bayheim has shot that down from day one. he he's said been adamant that, yeah, that He said, not no, happening. he's going to play. He's coming here to play. And Buddy came here with the intention of playing right away. And I think we saw last night why. I, he's capable of of helping this team. As good as this team is, as talented as this team is, I think he's capable of helping them right away. And that was my biggest takeaway. That was my biggest takeaway from last night is the kid looks like he belongs on a college basketball floor. He did not look out of place.
0: No, he didn't. He didn't. My my biggest takeaway, just to to continue this theme, my my biggest takeaway from last night was the starting lineup. And I I know that it was a little out of place and out of sorts because Frank Howard wasn't there, but I I I expected Marek Dolajai to start and and I'm not sure if that was an expectation just because that's what it was last year. I'm not sure if that's an expectation because of what I think of Marek Dolaai or what I think of Elijah Hughes, but I I got the feeling I got the feeling that Hughes was going to come off the bench because he's a more dynamic player than Marek Dolaai that he he's this this offensive this offensive explosion waiting to happen coming off the bench. And I think that we saw that in in bursts and in pieces out of the starting lineup. But I expected him to play that role coming off the bench. as like, all right, Tyus Battle might be coming out or O'Shea Brissett might be coming out. And we need you to go in and be be kind of the focal point. Chris Joseph when he was sixth man of the year. Exactly. And so I expected Elijah Hughes to play that role. And I guess that's why I was the most surprised about what they did in the starting five last night. And that they had him starting. Now, does it matter? Probably not, right? Because we've talked about this a lot. It doesn't matter what your starting five is. It matters what your finishing five is. It matters the five who play the most minutes. And I think that we expect Elijah Hughes to play a ton of minutes on this on this team and play a ton of minutes in between O'Shea Brissett and Tyus Battle as the 2-3-4. But I, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't coming off the bench just kind of because that's what I expected to happen.
2: Let me ask you this. If Darius Baisley had not decommitted... Would Darius Baisley be the other forward alongside Brissett? Probably. Probably. I think, I think so, so too. So if that's the case and we think Baisley's better than Dolajai, don't we think Elijah Hughes is probably better than Dolajai? Probably. In terms of like their best lineup. Like if you
0: said no, if the, I, their best lineup, their best lineup is Frank Tyus Hughes, Brissett, and
2: and, and, and a slash right, right, Right. That that is their best five. Chukwu, that's what I'm going to call <laughs> for the rest of the season.
0: Fine. Uh, that that is. I, I I agree with you. That is their best five. Their best four plus plus one. Uh, but I I expected Hughes coming off just because I thought he had that skill set. I thought he had that skill set to be instant offense to be. Uh, you know the guy who fills it up when O'Shea Brissett gets in foul trouble. Uh, I I thought he had. That skill set, and he and he might still and he might still be able to do that, and maybe Jalen Carey becomes that guy off the bench instead. Could be. Uh, I, I think that that's that's the unknown here because we didn't see him play last night. Maybe like Jalen Carey has that potential to do that possibly. So maybe they're thinking, hey, let's get Elijah Hughes in the starting lineup and use Jalen Carey that that way.
2: I'll say this: um, if you're talking about wanting um, an energy boost off the bench or a spark off the bench. You're right. Elijah Hughes would have been an offensive spark off the bench, but could you make the case that Merrick Dolajai just gives you a boost of. "Quote unquote energy off the bench—the way he back? dives and gets on the floor and takes charges—and you know you you do need a guy like that. And he just he raises everybody's level of play. So you could make the case, I think, that maybe not with the the offensive spark, but just the spark in general, that he still could be that guy who comes off the bench and you know if it's a flat start or you know they look lethargic, you, you throw him in the game and he injects some energy, uh, you know, on the floor. Could could you make that case?
0: Yes. You could. Uh, it's it's a different kind of spark. It's a different energy player. But yeah, I, I mean, Dolajai is more glue guy. Yeah. Right? Dolajai is more glue guy, high energy guy. Things that don't
2: show up in show the box up, score, yeah, necessarily. I,
0: right. Uh, but I, I look at Hughes as more of the, the Dion Waiters come off the bench, instant offense.
2: You don't like that, things that don't show up in the box score? Not really. I, I was very much a guy like that, so I like the things I'm that sure. don't show up in the box score. Don't just dismiss that, Seth. It's no, important. Just, I know. No, I'm.
0: I'm not saying I don't like the stuff. I just. I feel like that term is so overused. It's like in uh, his you know, case,
2: though, it's right on the money. It, it, is. it is. I mean, he is. does things in a game that, that like, don't show up. Well, you're like he played pretty well, and then you, and then look, you look, look at the stat line and it, four points and two rebounds, yeah. and you're like, huh? But he makes an impact beyond his stats. There are guys like that. I mean, whether you like it or not, there are guys like that.
0: Yes. I just think the term is overused.
2: All right. You're calling me out on that because I think for him it's right on the money. It is. For
0: Dolajai, right. it's right on the money. For other people, it's overused.
2: All right. The the last thing that we need to get to, and then we'll get to our first break. But the the other big takeaway, and and I'm with you. I think Hughes starting over Dolajai uh was, was very interesting. I didn't know which way Coach Baham was gonna go with that either, and it's not like it's set in stone, but right now it stands to reason that Hughes is in the starting lineup along with Brissett and Chuku and Tyus Battle and Frank Howard when he's healthy. Um so, yes, I found that interesting. Buddy Bayham was a major takeaway for me. The, the third one was what happened uh, in Jim Bayham's postgame press conference afterwards, which is he discussed the injuries. And I, I'm going to play that soundbite for you right now so it can be in his words. But it sounds like Jalen Carey is coming back very soon, which we expected. Uh Howard Washington, it sounds like, is coming back very soon, which is unexpected. And Frank Howard's still in a little bit of limbo, and and it might be a week and a half to two weeks before we know for sure when he's going to come back. But this is Jim Boeheim in his own words on the injury update.
1: We're very hopeful Jalen will be able to practice by Monday. Um, Howard Washington will probably be able to practice right around Monday. Uh, Frank has been cleared for movement stuff, shooting limited things um so he'll be uh will not play in the exhibition game next week but we'll be progressing toward playing but we won't know when there'll be no time frame for him right now
0: it's so- almost like it, it's almost like the descriptions of frank howard and how and howard washington or the the expected descriptions got flipped and you're like, oh, Frank Howard's going to be back at practice. Howard Washington got cleared to do, you know, some stuff.
2: I was not expecting Howard was Washington to be back at practice on Monday, especially after your conversation with Jerry a couple nights ago. Didn't sound like Howard Washington was close to coming back.
0: No, it's it sounded like he was progressing kind of as they expected, but that, you know, an ACL surgery is an 11- or 12-month recovery time, and we're at, what, month 8, 9? Out of uh, he had the
2: surgery in February, February so yeah, you're talking eight months out. About eight,
0: nine months out. And and so I, I think that it was a little surprising that that Howard Washington could be ready to go and, and get to practice on Monday. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that he is nearing a return to the game court. Right, he's done
2: nothing in eight months.
0: (laughs) Exactly, That's the clarification I was going to make. That doesn't mean he's getting ready to come play in the next exhibition game. That just means that he's getting ready to play basketball for the first time and get on a court. I think this is fantastic news for Howard Washington. I think this is really great news because, uh, again, uh, as Jerry said on Tuesday night, unless you're Adrian Peterson— this is an 11-month uh, kind of recovery, and and it seems like, for now, Howard Washington would be at or ahead of that 11-12-month to 12 month timeline.
2: All right, so we said a few minutes ago, at least I said, that I think Buddy Boeheim's going to get some run. He's the ninth guy. Howard Washington would be the tenth. So I'm not convinced, and that's great. I'm glad that he's getting healthy. I'm glad he's to the point where he can start practicing again. For him, I, I'm I'm, yes. just, I'm happy that he's back on the floor. I'm not convinced... That we're going to see him anytime soon, but maybe we will. And maybe I, I don't know. You know, th- he seems like a redshirt candidate to me, especially if if Buddy really is going to play, and I think Buddy's going to play. That's nine guys.
0: I thought it would have made a lot of sense, and, and this was just me doing the the logic thing, given the the expected timeline of that kind of an injury. I I thought it would have made a lot of sense for him to be a redshirt candidate. Thinking, all right, he's probably not going to be back until late January anyway.
2: And so, so maybe, just and maybe that's him the plan. The extra time. And maybe that's the plan. And Jim Bayham just said he's going he you know, he could practice. And obviously we know guys who are red can practice, and he hasn't done anything in eight months. So I'm not convinced Howard Washington's gonna be gonna be back anytime soon. I think it's also great news for Jalen Carey. It would be nice for him to get a preseason game under his belt before things start counting for real, and we don't know if if. Frank Howard's gonna be available for the opener.
0: That's what I was gonna say, especially if you need him to be your starting point guard on opening
2: night. So Jim Beheim was asked to follow up, which you know, he said, you know, I, I said what I said. Um, and he didn't get much deeper into it, but he he did go as far as to say that Frank has been approved for movement. He can shoot around on the court and whatnot, and that they're gonna to wait to to see in the next ten days what happens. He specifically said ten days. So if you count ten days from last night, that's November fourth. The, the opener is November 6th, so it sounds like that regular season opener is very much in jeopardy for Frank Howard, um, but they hope to, and he, he he again stood by that last night and said, we hope to have him back around that time. So he may miss the first game or two. Uh, the first big game, obviously, is November 14th against UConn, and then either Iowa or Oregon the following night. You would love to have Frank Howard back for that.
0: Yeah, you want you want him back for those games at the Garden. I think there's no doubt.
2: Let's get a quick phone call in here before our first timeout. Uh, John in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, John.
1: Hi. How you doing? Good. I was at the game last night, and i got another thing to think about. Okay. And if Darius Baisley would have came here, do you actually think he would have beat Elijah Hughes out at the starting small forward spot? Because I don't. I mean, he's thin as hell. He has no experience. Baisley's had two years' experience, a year at East Carolina and a year under Bayheim. I don't think Baisley would have beat him out.
2: I, I don't know the answer to that, John. Um, I do know, and the point I was trying to make was I think both of them would have beaten out uh, Merrick. Um, that was the point I was trying to make. I And I, I hear you. I think it would have been a battle between Hughes and, and Baisley. And and frankly, I don't know. I mean, let, let's let stop acting as though Darius Baisley is... is awful i mean he he was a McDonald's <laughs> all american and i know that you know he changed his mind and people around here don't don't love him and it, i think he would have come at at start we all thought he was making a mistake by going to the g league his game was going to be exposed and that was indeed the case um but that's against grown men i mean he's playing he would have been playing college basketball here so the kid was obviously talented is talented new balance just gave him a million dollars so he's he's got something going for him um but point well taken john i don't know to, to be honest with you, if Elijah would have started or Darius Baisley, but my point is, I think that they both would have been ahead of Merrick in the in the pecking order in terms of um, in terms of talent. And that's not a shot against Merrick; he brings a lot of important things to the table. But just in terms of raw basketball talent, Elijah Hughes looks like the better basketball player. My assumption is Darius Baisley would have been the ba- better basketball player. But you need a guy like Merrick and. You know, Jim Bayon was asked about him last night. He's like, I, I'm glad we have him. He brings a lot to the table. He does. He just, he's not a bona fide scorer. Elijah had 19 points last night and made it look effortless. Merrick Dolajai is not that. It, it, you know, Merrick Dolezal is not Darius Baisley. He's a different kind of player. Elijah Hughes is the kind of player
0: that's in your starting lineup and allows you to score 80 points without getting much of anything from your best player.
2: Yeah. Yes. That.
0: I mean, yeah, it was a Division two school, but you scored 80 points. And Tyus Battle did next to nothing. Successful night.
2: We'll never know. Darius Baisley is off doing his own thing, and Elijah Hughes is here, and I know SU's happy to have him. So phone lines are open at 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. Let's get a few comments from Coach Beheim and the players following last night's 80-49 victory over St. Rose in preseason game uh, number 1. Here's uh, Coach, again, getting back to the thought that can't take a whole heck of a lot from this game last night.
1: These games, it hurts us a little bit because we're really playing – out of position, and so I think the, it has a, a little less value from that standpoint. You know, Tyus is much better. He's off the ball, and he can make his plays when he's doing the point and then trying. It's just not, It's not the same. So he's much better when he's off the ball, and hopefully that will be the case pretty soon.
2: Ties one for ten from the floor last night. Did go five for six from the free throw line. Finished with seven point six assists, uh, a couple of boards. Uh, had just two turnovers. I mean, he he handled the point guard duties just fine. He just he didn't shoot the basketball all that well.
0: No, I thought every I thought the the problems air quotes here again because you scored eighty points without your best player doing much of anything. Problems with this Syracuse offense. It uh, stemmed from him playing the point guard in that, uh, you know, he, he wasn't able to do what he normally does. He wasn't able to do uh, the, the normal off-the-ball kind of scoring that Tyus Battle got really good at over the last year plus. Uh, he is a really good scorer. He is a really good player off the ball. Uh, not that he can't turn into a good player leading the way, not he can't, that he can't turn into a lead guard, a point guard, uh, but he his strength is playing off the ball and letting somebody else kind of set things up for him and then he can take advantage of the lanes that are there. He wasn't able to do that last night. At times it looked like the offense was out of sync, out of sorts. Um, I thought especially early it did. I think that any question or most questions that you have about the Syracuse offense coming out of last night will be answered by having an actual point guard on the floor the next time they play, whether that's Jalen Carey or, or uh, Frank Howard. I, I think that... That addition will answer a lot of questions.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And I think it'll also help in the transition game. They they really weren't able to get up and down the floor. Um St. Rose did a did a nice job getting back, but you know, Tyus Battle can can pick you up a couple of baskets in transition and you know, he's the one asking for the outlet and he's the one handling the ball on the break. And and it just it, it does. It it disrupts everything. Everything's different by you know, moving him from the from the two to the one. The forward spots generally are interchangeable, or if you take a, a shooting guard and put him down, you know, at, at the back end of the zone, like, you could survive that. But the point guard position is obviously a very important position, and it, it does change things when somebody's out there running the show who's not used to running the show. Uh, let's hear from Tyus Battle on, uh, you know, we'll get his thoughts on on his performance last night and the performance of the team.
0: Oh, uh, I thought we played well. I didn't... Play well personally but we played well as a team uh Elijah had played really well uh O'Shea Buddy knocked on some big threes um so of course we're all gonna be a little rusty and we're gonna have to look at the film and stuff like that but that's why we played these games
2: yeah I think that's a good way to describe it I think O'Shea uh called them cobwebs uh you know he said you know Ty said rusty I think that's a good way to describe it it's your first game action in seven eight months and you know everybody's, and again everybody's out of position. You're you're missing you know two of your your key cogs in Frank Howard and and Jalen Carey, and um it yeah it takes some getting used to. Elijah Hughes playing his first game action in you know God knows how long since East Carolina two years ago, so it's uh it's gonna take some getting used to.
0: Yeah, that, that's all it is. I- you're knocking out cobwebs, you're shaking off some rust, you've got a shooting guard playing the point guard, you've got a couple of guys playing out of position. That's what you get. <laughs> you still get a 31 win, uh, 31 uh, 31 point win. You get out of there healthy and you and you move on and, and you keep, you know, moving towards the regular season. As Ty said there at the end, there, there's a reason why you play this game. There's a reason why you play a division 2 team. Uh, to get you ready for the season. And it's it's so that you can go out and, you know, maybe you don't play well in every single aspect of the game, but you play well enough to go get a win, and, and you feel good enough coming out of the game. You feel like you got your legs back under you. You finally get to go play somebody who's not one of your teammates, and you move on, and you get ready for the re- the regular season.
2: I thought the story of the game was Buddy Boeheim. Uh Jim was asked about uh, you know coaching his son afterwards, what it was like, and he you know downplayed it. And I think his response was all of four seconds. He, he How many la- times is he going
0: to answer that question this year? By the way,
2: right? But it was, it like was every.
0: No, but he's going to be asked that question every game. By vis- yeah. vi- other teams' media is going to come in, and every That's single fine. one of them is going to ask him. Last correct? night was
2: appropriate. It was the first one. Oh, I, so,
0: I agree. Last night it made a whole lot of sense, but it's going to happen every game.
2: Sure. sure. Um, his answer was all of four seconds last night uh, and I think he said something along the lines of yeah I was glad that he played because he made some shots <laughs> and, and it's true I mean he, <laughs> he provided a, a spark for this team but let's get Buddy's thoughts uh, Buddy uh, elaborated a little bit more than his father did uh, here's Buddy on playing inside the dome for the first time
0: uh, I couldn't wait just getting out there uh, looking across the court seeing where my mom was sitting and where I used to sit it was just something that just hit me over 17, 16 years ago into games and Just being on the the court now is really surreal right now, and it's definitely something I want to enjoy, and I'm just so happy to be here and be playing.
2: And not only was he on the court, Seth, he he very much belongs on the court, and I think he showed everybody that last night with his 19-point effort.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's somebody who belongs on this team, and, and, you know, he he was not given a spot. Uh, I think that there was a story that we – we we had read a story at some point during his recruitment. and I, I believe the coach was Mark Few from Gonzaga, who came up to to Jim Boeheim at, at an event and said, "Hey, you you gonna uh, you gonna take Buddy?" And he, you know, said something along the lines of, "Well, if you don't, let me know, because because i Yeah, Gonzaga wanted him. Gonzaga offered it. Right, right. So you know, he's a guy who who deserves to be playing at this level. He's not just here as. As you know, well, he's his son or, or some kind of charity case. He, that is not what Buddy Bayheim is. No, Buddy no, Bayheim no. deserves to be on a Division One and a High
2: Division One basketball team. Let's get one more from uh, from Buddy following last night's game. Uh, it was
0: exciting, just getting out there and felt really hit when I got on the court, starting lineup, started the hit, and ever since practice yesterday, or two days ago in the Dome, really started to sink in that I was, the season was coming, and it's just a dream come true, really playing out there tonight, and I just wanted to enjoy it all and, and make sure I remembered every play.
2: It's one of the things that struck me uh, following the game last night, just the the genuine Excitement and pleasure that these guys take uh, from playing the game of basketball, Buddy in particular, and Elijah Hughes in particular, because you know Buddy left for a year, you know went to JD, went to New Hampton for a year. Now he's back, and he gets to live his dream. And Elijah Hughes obviously went through the process of transferring from East Carolina. He had to sit out a year. It's been a long time coming from him, and and for him to be out there, and again they both scored nineteen points. They and just the again the genuine. The genuine enjoyment that they seem to get uh, from playing the, the game of basketball, and that game in particular last night, even though it was a preseason game, um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing. You're happy for those two.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, spe- I think so uh, with Elijah Hughes. I mean, a guy who sat out all of last year was probably just itching to get back into a real competitive basketball environment. He's able to get back on the floor and, and look really good doing it. Um, I, I think that was a really big key. He, he scored 19 points last night. I, I would imagine that... Uh, it was it was more than just shaking off the rust for him, given that he hadn't played in in what
2: near nearly two years at this yeah. point. Year and a half, two years, yeah. All right, full lines are open. Uh, the rest of hour number one here, we'll have Jeff Jones from our next star television station in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. He's set to join us at uh, one o'clock as we preview Syracuse and NC State. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by CH Insurance. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open for the next 20 minutes. Then we've got Jeff Jones from the CBS television station down in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. He's uh, set to join us at 1 o'clock as we preview Syracuse and NC State. So we'll leave uh, SU basketball on the table. If you want to check in, by all means, give us a call. Uh, Let's switch gears, though, Seth, and and talk some SU football. Big game for a lot of reasons. Inside the Dome tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kick on ESPN2 between the Orange uh, and the Wolfpack. We've made so much about the quarterback situation, and I think rightfully so. Um, I'm convinced eric dungy is going to start i would be very surprised if he did not but we've seen that tommy devito if his number's called he's going to be ready did against florida state did against north carolina we know what ryan finley brings to the table so the, the quarterback topic it's it's the headline and it's going to steal the headlines because we're talking quarterbacks i'm not sure that's the most important component of this game though um i think the injuries in su secondary could potentially be big with scoop bradshaw and christopher frederick both hurt um you know they would have to go to Trill Williams and Iffy Melafanwu, who again played they've they've shown flashes of of how good they can be but they're young they're inexperienced and you're going up against an NFL quarterback and a, a quarterback who's averaging 311 passing yards per game that might be the key to this game how the secondary handles Finley and and how the, the defensive line Handles the the NC State offensive line and whether or not they can put pressure on Finley that that might be what this game come, comes down to.
0: Uh, last night on the uh, Dino Baber show, Dino said that the injured corners Frederick and Scoop uh, they seem like they're going
2: to be okay. That doesn't sound. Um, that doesn't sound all that insuring. convincing.
0: No, it it doesn't sound reassuring. Uh, the way that, he put it, it on Monday, I think, was
2: neither guy is out. <laughs> so,
0: <I> mean, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That sounds like the same thing, right? They're going to be okay, uh, or they seem like they're going to be okay. Uh, yeah, it doesn't exactly sound you know, reassuring, uh, that, that kind of a remark. I do think that's a really big deal. We talked about this yesterday with the quarterbacks. I think that we're fairly confident, regardless of which quarterback is out there, that they'll score some points. Um, whether that is Dungy starts and plays well and they score points, Dungy starts, plays okay and then they put DeVito in and they score points or DeVito starts and they play they you know and, and the same two scenarios play their way out. I think that uh we feel fairly confident that the offense will go out there and and do a representative job of getting on the board. The defense is gonna have to step up. They're going against Ryan Finley, who has had a good year, although coming off a really bad week. Probably his worst game at NC State. So the defense is gonna to have to step up and if it's Melifonwu and uh and Trill, uh they're gonna to have to play the way they did last weekend and and not the way that we've seen, you know, we've seen some stuff out of Trill this year that hasn't been uh, great. We've seen him get beaten. We've seen him play well, but we've seen him get beaten. And and if he's going to take on a bigger role, and if if if, if Melifonwu is going to take on a bigger role, those guys need to play like they did last week because I thought both of them played really good games against UNC.
2: That's what you expect out of freshmen, though. I mean, Andre Cisco. Uh... Was terrific uh, to start the year. He's he's been very good uh, through seven games, and and he's made some mistakes. I mean, you go back to the Western Michigan game. Uh, he he was directly responsible for a couple of touchdowns, but th- that's that's going to happen with freshmen. And so that's why I say it is a big deal. They do have depth. They do have talent in the secondary, but when you're talking about putting you know first year guys out there opposed to to veterans, it it makes a difference, especially against an NFL quarterback. So I I do think that that's certainly something to keep your your eye on. You mentioned Ryan Finley coming off maybe his worst game at NC State, certainly the worst game of the season for NC State. I'm curious to see how they bounce back, because that was a a hot topic after Syracuse lost in in Death Valley. Remember Dino Baber saying, and then the players saying it as well, you know, we can't let Clemson beat us twice type of thing that, you know, we got to go down to Pittsburgh and take care of business. What happened? Well, be Clemson <laughs> yeah. beat them twice yeah. to some Clemson degree. Got yeah, um, you know they they came out and and yeah they scored two touchdowns right away, but but Pitt immediately got back into it and and it turned into a dogfight and and they came up short. And I'm not saying they lost because they lost to Clemson. I I, I don't know, and I don't know how you would be able to prove that. But I am curious to see how NC State responds because you know last week's game for NC State was a chance, just like for Syracuse, it was a chance to have the inside track to go to the ACC title and a chance to be. A top ten team. If they'd gone down to Death Valley and won that game, they'd probably be Easy. in the top ten Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Um, and and so it was a missed opportunity. And not that their season is over by any means. I mean, they're five and one, but you know that's off the table now. They're not going to the ACC title game. And and I'm I'm curious to see how they respond. It's the same situation that Syracuse had. They go on the road to Death Valley. You know, Syracuse lost a close game and then had to turn around and go on the road the next week. NC State's got back-to-back road games. Went to Death Valley. Now they got to come up here to the Carrier Dome. I'm curious to see how they respond.
0: I am too. And they got blown out. They were out of that game. So that's how it's different. Right they did. Right. They got. They, they got, got blown out. They got smoked. Uh, they got. They were out of that game. It felt like almost from the jump. It, it felt like that game was not close. Was not competitive. Uh, you know, we were monitoring it in in the, the Dome press box as it was starting as, as Syracuse's game was ending. I think it started about midway through, and we're watching that game, and it gets to halftime. We're sitting in the postgame press conference, and you're like, wow, NC State's down 23 points. Uh, that was not a competitive game, so I wonder if that's easier to get over than what Syracuse went through. Uh, either way, they've got to—for them, they've got to bounce back, and they've got to play— you know, they've got to play well coming up here. I don't think that NC State can come up here and play a bad game and get a win. I think that if if NC State does not come up and play well, I don't think they're going to get out of here with a win. And I think that's a testament to what Syracuse has done this year and, and to the position that Syracuse is now in. In the past, NC State might have been able to come up here and played, you know, a so-so bad game maybe and still walked out of here with a win. Uh, I don't think they can do that this year. I think that this Syracuse team has made enough strides that they are better enough to the point where NC State comes in and doesn't play well, Syracuse will beat them.
2: And that's why, again, it's very similar to the situation SU faced going from Clemson to Pittsburgh. Syracuse went down to Heinz Field and played, I, I don't even want to say a B game, you know that might be I think generous. It was like a D game. I don't know. Yeah, somewhere in between. It was probably yeah, It was like a yeah, blah game. You know, it was a C game. I, I would say it was. It wasn't quite a B game. I don't think it was quite. You know, the other direction either. But they they did not play their best game, and they went down there and they lost. So yeah, I think NC, I think you're right, Seth. I think NC State needs to come here and. And play pretty well in order to win. It's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a Saturday night game. You know, SU has a lot to play for, just like Pitt had a lot to play for that day. SU's got a lot to play for. You're right. I think NC State's going to have to come here and play well in order to win.
0: Since you brought up the Pitt game, if NC State comes up here and plays the same way that Syracuse played when they go to Pittsburgh. Cuse wins. Syracuse wins tomorrow. Yes. Yes. And, and so I, I think that as much as we want to focus on SU, and, and there are a lot of things that Syracuse could do, because look, if NC State comes up here and plays well, and Syracuse plays well, I still think there's a chance they win. They're still going to be in that game. But if NC State comes up here and they're still hungover and they're still on that loss from last week, and they come out here and, and, and are just a dead team, they're not going to win.
2: I think the the first quarter is going to be very important uh, to the outcome of this game because there, you would expect a big crowd. Again, seven o'clock game, so everybody's going to be in their seats and raring to go. There's going to be a lot of energy in the building. Um, I, you know, NC State's going to have to survive that first you know ten to fifteen minutes of this game because I think you know Syracuse has a chance to come out and, and capitalize off that you know that crowd and the electricity and the the atmosphere and the momentum. And if they can get off to a fast start, as we saw against Florida State, once they got the lead, Florida State. Could not come back. Now, I think NC State's offense is better, um, but I think that is something to keep your eye on, how this game starts tomorrow, whether or not Syracuse gets off to a fast start. We do need to take a timeout. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.